if you have followed me anywhere and listened to me on the radio, it's likely you heard me get educated on what's going on in the Asian Peninsula, in China, in Japan, in North and South Korea, in the region from Gordon Chang, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Uh, he knows what's going on there. The guy wrote The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. And Gordon has graciously agreed to join us. Gordon Chang, welcome, my friend. Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, you know, Gordon, um, I know that our interviews are kind of sketched out a little bit ahead of time. I send you a couple of topics, but I always like to throw a curveball in there to see if I can uh, trip you a, li a little bit, uh, test your knowledge a little bit. And you are usually, I'd say like 99.5% of the time, you handle it without blinking an eye. You're like, I don't know where this question came from, but I'm happy to answer it. And uh, I, I just wanna, I wanna tell you, I don't have one planned, but if it comes up, I'm gonna take the left turn. I just have to drop the leaflets before I drop the bombs, you know? Okay, send it over the plate. Okay, good. I like that. Even a little uh, playoff baseball analogy. Excellent. Excellent. Gordon, for the past week or so, we've been hearing all kinds of stories out of China about Xi Jinping, the leader, trying to cement his job as president basically for life. And I saw a couple of stories that also speculated that he wasn't healthy, that he was sipping tea at an unusual rate and all, all kinds of weird stuff. Where is uh, Xi Jinping's effort to make himself basically uh, a, a dictator for as long as he's alive? Well, I think the answer is we will know on Sunday. Um, what's going on right now is the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party. And there they elect the Central Committee, which is about 300 or so um, senior Chinese cadres. Um, on Sunday, if the schedule holds, they will hold what's called the first plenum, the first plenary session of the 20th National Congress. And that's when the Politburo is elected and the Politburo Standing Committee. Now, the Standing Committee is the apex of political power in China. And during the first plenum, which is a, basically a one-day affair, the Standing Committee will emerge from a curtain, literally, and we will see what's happening. Um, until then, there's a lot of speculation that he has got enhanced power. I don't know. Um, the Chinese political system has become a lot less transparent over the last couple of years. A lot of people right now are just spitballing it, um, but we'll find out. But it does look like he will um, end up with uh, even more power than when he went in. And when he went in, he was very, very influential. Yeah, we, we've talked about what what uh, Xi Jinping has done in the past and his plans for Taiwan. And in the last week or so, we've also heard that he has said um, military power is not out of the question, using uh, the Chinese military to take back, as he called it. I think that's what the translation read that I saw. Take back Taiwan or bring him back into the fold. Is that thing still as close to a possibility as we're being told? Yeah, well, the term that he used was reunify, which the people in Taiwan object to because they have never been ruled by the People's Republic of China. And matter of fact, if, you, if you're a, a Chinese historian, historian of the region, you could even argue that Taiwan has never been ruled by a Chinese group with it, which has had indisputable sovereignty. 
So the people in Taiwan, they self-identify as Taiwanese, 80 percent of them or so. Um, only about three or four percent self-identify as Chinese. Now, um, we heard a speech with a lot of Taiwan in it, uh, and that's where actually Xi Jinping got his biggest applause line. That was when he said that history requires um, China to take over um, Taiwan. But, you know, this is this is more of what we've heard in the past because Xi Jinping has made it a test of his own legitimacy that he will absorb Taiwan during his rule. So we've got to be really concerned. You know, he's ramped up the military. He's mobilizing civilians for war. You know, we don't know exactly what's in his mind, but this doesn't look good. Well, it was um, on this date in 1949, actually, that the People's Republic of China was proclaimed. So I, I would have thought there might have been some adherence to uh, going back in history and making things happen on anniversaries. The Chinese don't seem to have that kind of same fascination with anniversaries that we do. Is that fair? Well, they actually, the Communist Party has is totally obsessed with anniversaries. I think the Chinese people, you know, they don't really care um, because uh, this is a ruling group that in many ways is divorced from the Chinese people. I mean, the people are being coerced into submission, um, and that's certainly true. But um, the party was... Um, no one really knows when the Communist Party was formed, um, but they take uh, July 1st as their date. And the other big date for them is the founding of the People's Republic. That is October 1st, and October 1st is National Day. Now, they would never hold the 20th National Congress or any National Congress on a day like that. Um, that's just not the way they do things. So really what we've got right now is, um, you know, they – they have talked a lot about taking Taiwan. They talk about a very dark environment around the world, grim struggle. This is a um, sort of a indication of Xi Jinping's very sort of dangerous worldview. Uh, Xi Jinping has, I believe in the past, bought some of the oil we have released from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. Uh, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, announced he's looking at tapping another 15 million barrels from the SPR. Uh, do, you, do you have any idea how much oil of ours from that Strategic Petroleum Reserve China is is purchasing? Um, this is a question where you've stumped me. Um, I don't know the exact amount of oil they've purchased. Um, okay. But the one thing that we, you know, the President of the United States needs to understand is that oil is a global market. If he releases oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, it's going to end up on global markets. And a lot of it ended up in Europe, and some of it ended up in China, and we shouldn't be surprised. This was a dumb move to start out with, um, and clearly um, Biden should not have done that because we might need that oil in an emergency, in a wartime situation. We don't need a president of the United States releasing oil in order to win votes in November, which is what it looks like uh, Biden did. Yeah, it's it's only 19 full days until the midterms and suddenly all this government candy is being doled out from the SBR to the pushing of the student loans to several other programs that have suddenly gotten a lot of attention. It makes me very nervous. Gordon, I don't want to I'll lose um, the opportunity to talk to you about what's happening between North and South Korea. Two days ago, I saw a post, uh, an alert that some artillery shells from the North had been fired into territory or waters of South Korea. Do you have an update on that? 
No, there's been nothing that's that's occurred since then. Um, you know, North Korea is continually trying to get the attention of the international community. And there's one other thing. Um, with these ballistic missile launches and cruise missile launches, and there's been a spate of them recently, um, what they're doing is they think that they have some strategic space because everyone's focused on Ukraine, so they think that they can test their missiles. And, uh, you know, the Biden administration, and, and this is not just Biden, um, past presidents have done this as well. You know, they complain and, and say, oh, this is unacceptable, and then they don't do anything about it. Now, Biden can do something about it, like Trump could have done, like Obama could have done, and that is to start kicking Chinese banks out of the global financial system for laundering North Korea's money. North Korea, if it doesn't have money, can't launch ballistic missiles, can't do all sorts of stuff, and we could stop the North Koreans dead in their tracks. But um, presidents have decided not to use that power to protect the American people. And so this is this is wrong. You know, Biden went to this. Well, Biden's administration went to the Security Council after the big launch about a week and a half ago and moaned and complained about it. But of course, nothing can occur at the U.N. because Russia and China have a veto. Um, So that was just sort of a cynical ploy. You know, the Biden administration needs to start using American power to protect us. Well, I, I love the talk about protecting us and locally in many, many states now, we're starting to see people stand up and say, hang on a second. We see uh, Chinese companies, which is essentially the Chinese government, buying huge chunks of real estate around the country, some of it near military bases. Is this trend troubling? It's extremely troubling. There are a lot of things going on here, Mike. One of them is, um, yes, the Chinese are going to use or try to use land for espionage purposes, like the 300 acres that were bought within 12 miles of Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota, like the land that was purchased near Laughlin Air Force Base in Texas. We also know that there are illegal marijuana grows on farmland in Oklahoma, And something else in Oklahoma, really suspicious, and that is that the Chinese who buy land there then build fences. Well, a lot of people in Oklahoma build fences on their land, but people build fences to keep others out. The Chinese are building fences to keep people in. Now, there are also reports that the Chinese gangs have used agricultural land in Oklahoma to base operations for sex trafficking, human trafficking. And so we should we should not permit the until we get to the bottom of this and we are far from there. We should not permit uh, any party from China buying land in the U.S. And I actually think we should expropriate expropriate land that the Chinese have already bought. If they're not doing anything illegal, pay them fair compensation. But if they are doing something illegal, and many of them are, we should be forfeiting the land under federal forfeiture statutes. Um, take the land away. Um, that's what the U.S. does to U.S. citizens who commit crimes on land. We should do the same thing to the Chinese. I'm with you on that. I am completely with you. Two more quick ones, Gordon. The story that popped in the uh, several papers, New York Post being one of them, that there were uh, Chinese police stations established here in America, and they were there with Chinese uh, officials, military, cops, whatever, and they were hunting down dissidents. Is this real, and can this be allowed to happen? Yeah, this is real. At least there's one uh, uh, unofficial Chinese police station. It's in the Lower East Side of New York. 
the fact here is is not so much that the Chinese are are doing uh, you know these bold and aggressive things. It's that we've permitted them. The Chinese felt they could open a police station because presidents whose last names are Obama, Trump, and Biden have known that Chinese consular officials and Ministry of State security agents have openly operated on our soil and doing the things that this police station is doing, basically tracking down former Chinese officials. And, and we've permitted this. Matter of fact, the Justice Department has even helped China um, do this. So this is a story, I think, is not so much, it is a story of Chinese aggressiveness, but it's more a story of China actually, I mean, America actually letting this occur. So we should be, you know, pretty cheat off at, teed off at our, our presidents. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I appreciate the fairness in the reporting there, the bipartisan nature of your reporting to show you that it's being done by both sides. So Gordon Chang is this gentleman's name. He is a guy that I follow and pay attention to what he says because he studies what's happening in the Asian Peninsula and how it affects us. Follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. My friend, thank you and my best to you and your bride. Oh, well, thank you so much, Mike. It was so much fun. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks. Bye-bye. 